0: Juda, I got tissue for you. Thank you. A lot more people here than I thought. What was that?
1: My <laughs> phone. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I should have brought some of the traps if you got me. You know me. Huh?
2: Right. Good morning. Merry Christmas. He uh, has family things, going on, festivities, and whatnot. So uh, we all want to get to that, and we certainly appreciate that. Uh, but as we've said this whole time, we do not want to skip church just because it's jesus birthday right yeah you know they don't they didn't cancel the football games just because it was christmas so we're not going to cancel church (laughs) just because it's christmas amen well we're gonna have a good time today the service will be a little uh, more brief than normal uh so we were we're gonna have a little time of worship we'll get into the word and then we'll send everybody on their way on this merry christmas day yeah, can we do that? All right. <laughs> well, let's stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States, just like we always do, uh, because we are going to continue to believe that we will see revival and see our nation come to Jesus. Amen. Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. Alright, we're gonna take just a few minutes here. We always like to do a little meet and greet time, and what better day to do that than on Christmas morning. So they're gonna sing us a, a Christmas song here, and we're gonna go around and shake a few hands, give some hugs, make sure everybody gets a Merry Christmas greeting this morning. Amen? Let's go!
1: Saviour raised the man. There's no. Make the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love. And wonders and wonders of His
2: love. Alright, praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated. Hopefully you can feel the Christmas cheer. Amen. Everybody's got the joy of the Lord this morning. We absolutely love that. All right. Well, uh, we don't have a whole lot of announcements uh, because, but man, it's Christmas. All of the events are pretty much over. So that's good news. But a couple of things really quick. Uh, we do have a photo booth set up over here that we're just kind of leaving up uh, for now. So if you want to grab a picture after service, you know, take your own picture with your phone and whatnot, uh, you can do that, it may be a good chance, you got family with you and stuff today, so take advantage of that, and uh also want to remind you that uh, the bookstore, everything in there is 20% off for the month of December, and if you are a really last minute Christmas shopper, is that you? I mean, you are so last minute that you wait till the day of. All right, hey, if that's you, if that, I see a few hands, okay, if that's you, you know who you are, uh, now now we know who you are too, you've identified yourself, but uh, you can grab something out of the bookstore there and bless somebody with the word of God, and we also want to let you know that there's no PM service tonight, uh, so, you know, everybody just spend family time and whatnot and have an awesome, wonderful, Merry Christmas Day, all right? Well, who knows what time it is now? Happy time I'm gonna have pastor come on up. He's gonna do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings And then we'll get into some worship and straight into the word of god. Oh, i'm sorry I forget I did forget one thing. I got too much christmas on my mind If you are with us today for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time This is heather from our welcome team. She has a welcome gift for you and uh Okay. Yes and uh, if you could fill out that information card, she's got a gift for you—a gift card we'd like to bless you with this morning. And I forgot a few other things. Uh, we want to uh, want to say a big welcome and congratulations to Rhonda, Miss Kathy's granddaughter. Amen. Can you stand up, Rhonda, real super quick? She just graduated from basic training um, with the Navy. Yeah. We've had a lot of our young people. Uh, Coming back from the military training over the last few months, and so she was in uh, the Chicago area, I believe, and just graduated, so we're proud of her. And also, um, I, I have a very special guest, and it's my oldest brother. He's here from Georgia this morning, <laughs> Jason. Jason. And his wife, Lou, and my little nephew, Micah, and so we're super glad they get to be with us this Christmas, and you know that I have a big family, so sometimes I get to have some of them in town, and this is one of those times, amen? All right, pastor's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings.
0: Glory to God. If you need an envelope for your tithes or your offerings, raise your hand, they'll be glad to serve you, they'll bring one back to you. It's just working, Dave. Don't hear anything behind me, Oh, Alright, now we can hear me. If you need, if you need an envelope for your times or offerings, then hold your hand up. They'd be glad to serve you. And, uh, look at Deuteronomy chapter eight. I want to, I want to show you a few verses. I was looking at this morning for myself and I thought, man, we all need to hear this. How, how many like the song that we sang away in the manger, no crib for his head? Little, little Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, I remember when I was first saved, my pastor used to talk about that song, how pretty the song was. But he said, we as believers, Have gotta realize he didn't stay a baby. If he didn't grow up to be a man to die for our sins, we wouldn't have a savior. So he started off as a baby. But, uh, you know, I I think about, I think about the different Christmas songs we think, sing and things like that there. A little baby is no threat to the devil. But a risen man that lives sin free and died for our sins, he is. So glory to God. Let's, let's take our eyes off the manger for most of the time. And look at the cross and what took place there, and what He did. Amen, amen. That just blessed me when I just think about that. Support. Deuteronomy chapter eight. I just want to look at a couple of verses here, to help us in our lives to be better Christians, better, better witnesses for Jesus. And I want to look at. Uh, I'll look at verse twelve. We'll come down through a few verses here, just just to get something into you that I know is going to build your faith up, and help you in life. And so, uh, we look at verse 12, says, would thou hast eaten and art full, hast built goodly houses, or beautiful houses dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, thy silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, it says, then thine heart be lifted up. Talk about pride, and you forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And what this is talking about, uh, Israel in the Old Testament, is a type of Christianity in the New Testament, who we are today. And and Egypt, they came out of bondage, is symbolic of us coming out of the kingdom of darkness. How many know that Satan will make you a slave to sin, to addictions, to poverty, to sickness, and all kinds of evil things? Well, when we get born again and we come out of there, come into the good land, things change. And I, I look at this verse here about the godly houses that we build now. forget where we were Well, look at Mrs. Pastor and I. We got a really nice house now. But at one point in time, we lived in a house that was infested with snakes. It was flooded. Had snakes swimming. Had walked through snaky water, do things we had to do. And at one point in time, we lived in a garage. And we've lived in a lot of places to where now we're now to a whole different place in life. And then it talks about your silver and gold's multiplied. We've got the place now to where we're not bankrupt, but we're able to give. We're able to bless other people. We really have a heart of compassion. When we see other Christians, people hurting, that we just give them money that we can bless them with. And I'm just so grateful. And he says right here, he says, Don't forget the Lord brought you out of that. And I'm so grateful. I'll never forget where we came from. I still remember the snakes. And we had real grass back where we were at in Indiana. And when I cut the grass if a push lawnmower, i would see snake heads and snake tails fly everywhere because I would kill probably a dozen, two dozen snakes just cutting grass. That place was horrible. But glory to God, we don't live there anymore. Amen. So what I've said is this, wherever you are now, don't give up in life. You stay faithful. And if you've been, if you've been in bad places before in life, just remember who got you to where you are now. So Deuteronomy 8.18, this, this is what we're going to look at for our offering. It says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And that wealth means an abundance of valuable material possessions or resources. It means abundant provision a full supply. God's the one. He said, You remember who did that? And it says, To get wealth. Why? Why did he do that? That he may establish his covenant. That he may establish his covenant. That's why Jesus was born into the earth. Jesus was born into the earth to make a covenant between God and man. Amen. He came down and through his blood, the covenant signed in his blood, that we're redeemed from Satan's dominion. We don't have to go to hell because Jesus did for us. We don't have to be poor because he became poor for us. We don't have to be sick. Because he took sickness and disease. We don't have to be addicted. Our kids don't have to be in captivity to the devil. Amen. It says he wants to establish that covenant. So I think about this morning where a bunch of Christ- Christians come together in church to give thanks to Jesus and love him. But look at all the empty seats of all the people out there that should have come to a place like this this morning to give thanks to the one that brought their freedom. Amen. And so just to always remember, when we, when we pay tithes to God, when we give love offerings to Him, that's to get the covenant preached and taught and let people know. How many here, and this, this is just a question, how many here did Jesus set free from some kind of an addiction, sickness, financial distress, or anything else? Guess what? The covenant is working in your life. And now we remember where we used to be so we can keep on putting money into the offering to help Jesus get the covenant out to other people. Amen? Anyway, that's, that's where we live. Well, let's stand up and make our financial faith confession and just be grateful. We remember the Lord our God. He's the one. Gives us power. Gives us power to get wealth and the wealth to establish the covenant. But you know what the good news is? As the wealth's coming to us, so it can go through us, some of it sticks and we get to keep part. Hey, Amen. That's good preaching. I like that too. Good job, Pastor Dave. <clears throat> Alright. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, Checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings in increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give gesture to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: be faithful joyful and cheerful down
2: Let's raise our hands to him for just a moment this morning. Jesus, we love you. And we are here today to celebrate you. And Father, we thank you so much for your gift of life. You've brought joy to this world. You've brought joy and peace to our lives. And today we want to honor you. We want to celebrate you. We want to tell you happy birthday. And we thank you and we praise you for all that you are in our lives We love you, Jesus. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can we give him some praise this morning? Amen. Well, we're going to get right into the word of God. And uh, today uh, we're going to be Talking about maybe something we don't talk about a whole lot in our type of church, but we're going to look for a few minutes this morning at some lessons from Mary. This is the title of the message today: is Lessons from Mary. And and uh, and and the reason that I'm talking about this is, you know, uh, Mary really is one of the most important people in history, and uh, and and we understand that uh, Jesus, you know, his his. Will Dad is God the Father. That's where his, his DNA comes from. He had this divine DNA flowing through his veins. But at the same time, I also think that his mother had a pretty important role to play in his life and in really world history. And so we're celebrating Jesus, no doubt about it. And that's what our main thing is. But there's a few things that I wanted to pull out uh, from studying the Christmas story, looking at her life this morning, that I think would be beneficial for each of us in our lives in 2022. Now, if you didn't get an outline, for the sermon, you can raise your hand and the ushers will get you one, and you can kind of follow along with the message today and see where we're going. Um, But I want to open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Can we look at Luke chapter 1 this morning? Amen. And again, I know that we don't spend a whole lot of time discussing uh, a Mary, like maybe like the Catholic Church or something would, but I like something Kenneth Copeland said about this. He said, you're not going to stay on anybody's good side if you talk bad about his mama. And so... (laughs) You know, <laughs> I'm not going to pray to Mary, I'm going to tell you that right now, but at the same time, I'm not going to disrespect her either, uh, because she is the mother of our Lord and Savior, and so I'm not going to get on Jesus' bad side by disrespecting his mama. But Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35, and here's the story of when the angel appeared to Mary to tell her what was going on. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so Elizabeth was was a relative of Mary she gave birth to John the Baptist it says god sent the angel gabriel to nazareth a village in galilee to a virgin named mary She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And so Isaiah prophesied that the Savior would be a descendant of David, and Jesus fulfilled that on both Mary's side, because she's a descendant of David, and also through his stepfather, Joseph, he was a direct descendant of King David. And so Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. And so Gabriel appeared and said, The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And do you realize that Jesus still sits on the throne and his kingdom has not come to an end and his kingdom never will come to an end? Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God god and there's so much you know that we've got to realize out of this story but jesus is the only perfect person to ever live and and he was he was fully human and he was fully god he had it all and so because jesus was a human being just like you and i are Hebrews tells us that he was tempted and tested in all the same ways that you are. That's why when we talk to Jesus, I'm talking to somebody that can relate to me. He's lived here, right? And you know, it's kind of hard to complain to somebody about the desert heat when they live in Alaska. They're like, yeah, I feel bad for you, but I can't relate. I have no idea what you're talking about. But if I talk to somebody else that's familiar with Barstow in August, they feel my pain because they've been here, right? And so Jesus... He lived in this world just like all of us and faced the same things we do, but he never sinned. Why is that? Well, Jesus didn't have the DNA of a natural father passing through his veins not the blood of a uh, passed down by a human man the blood and the dna in his body was straight from god the father in heaven that's how jesus would never sin in this world because the sin nature has been passed down to each one of us through our father since adam and i'm maybe you love your dad and you have a great dad i know i do but each of us have received a sin nature from our father passed down into us and we pass it on to our kids but jesus did not have that because his dna came straight from god almighty in heaven jesus never sinned and so i'm going to look at a few things really quick this morning these are lessons from mary from the mother of our savior that i believe can apply to our lives today number one she believed god She believed God, and you know, we may think, well, that doesn't sound very deep. This is a really, really big deal. An angel just appeared to her out of nowhere and says, hey, no pressure, but you're going to become pregnant, and you are going to give birth to the most important person in the history of the world. In fact, he's going to save all of mankind. No pressure, just don't blow it, okay? And I mean, come on, that, I, I, what if that happened to you? I, that This would be a huge deal, and it would seem like, I, can, I, I don't believe that, I'm sorry. But look at Luke 1, verse 38. We stopped just a few verses short of this. I love what Mary says here. Luke 1, verse 38, the angel tells her all this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now, I like the way the King James words what Mary said right here. She said, Be it unto me according to thy word. What a powerful statement. What if in your life, every time that the, you've got a promise from God that seems so big, so wonderful, and the devil's saying, no, nah, that'll never happen to you, what, do you what, what should you say? You should say, no, 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 be it unto me according to the word of God. Amen? The devil's word's going to say, no, you're sick, you're dying, you're a loser, you'll never make it, nobody likes you, I'm going to say No. Be it unto me according to the word of God. I am favored. I am a child of God. I've got the joy of the Lord. I'm going to have what the word of God says that I'm going to have. Now, we're saying that Mary believed God, and and you need to know that this is a major deal. This wasn't like the angel appeared and said, hey, Mary, you need to believe for some better clothes. You need to, you know, you need to believe for a new cell phone. You need to, I mean, you know, we all pray and believe for these things, you know, praying for a good parking space at the mall like some people do, but check it out. No, he says, you're going to give birth to the very Son of God. Now, one thing that I find remarkable about Mary... As most scholars will tell you that, when the angel appeared to her, she was probably between 13 to 16 years old. That's about the age that this, you know, a girl in in uh, in Israel and Judea would have been uh, engaged or betrothed to a young man. So we're talking about a girl that's potentially as young as 13 years old, and the angel appears and says, "You're going to be the mother of the son." of God. He's going to reign on the throne of Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. He's going to literally save the entire human race, Mary. And what, this is a 13 year old girl. And she says, well, how could that be? I, I'm a virgin. I'm not even married. I, how could it be? And the angel tells her all this and she just says, okay, I believe you. Be it unto me according to Thy Word. Have you ever felt like you had the weight of the world on your shoulders? <laughs> you feel like you've got a lot of pressure? It's hard enough raising kids. It's hard enough, you know, doing the things that we do in life. But can you imagine the weight that a young 13, 14-year-old girl had on her shoulders when the angel appears and says all of this? That's why, you know, again, I'm not going to pray to Mary, but I am going to respect the girl. She did a pretty good job, right? <laughs> she, did, she did an incredible, incredible thing to accept this challenge and to fulfill what God called her to do. Now, I want you to look here at number two. Number two, we're saying that number one, Mary believed God. Number two, she praised God. Number two, she praised God. Luke chapter 1 Verses 46 through 48, and you realize that it's important that we learn how to properly praise and worship God. Do you know that this morning? Yeah, it's important that we learn how to properly give God the praise that he's due. And I want you to see here that Jesus' own mom knew how to get her praise on this morning. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. I call Mary blessed this morning. Amen. I call her blessed. She fulfilled the will of God. And there's something important to note here that when she realized all that God was going to do, not just for herself, but for everyone who would receive her son, who would receive Jesus, she wrote an entire song of praise about it, and it's a beautiful little song here. But I want you to take a lesson from Mary right here. All of us, we need to have this lifestyle of praise and worship. Has God ever done something good in your life? Yeah. Sure he has. You're here this morning. You're alive. You're still breathing. God's done something in your life. And none of us is exempt. From giving God the praise that he's due. In fact, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem before his crucifixion, all the little kids were, were waving the palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And all the old people got mad and said, hey, make the kids shut up. The kids are being too loud. And Jesus said, no, hey, if they don't give praise, the rocks would have to cry out and give me praise. I'm going to be praised. And, you know, it's up to you if you're going to do it. But if you don't, the rocks will have to cry out. And so I've determined there's no rock that's going to praise God better than I do. Amen. I'm going to praise the Lord. And one other thing about Mary, uh, she praised and worshiped and thanked God before any of the promise was actually fulfilled. And so that's a lesson for you. You don't have to wait until your situation changes to praise God. Because sometimes you're like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll praise God when I finally see things change. Hey, if you got to wait until you see it, to praise God, it may never happen for you. We have to learn how to raise our hands even before we see the fulfillment of the promise and say, I praise you, Jesus. I thank you. You promised me in your word, and I know that you are going to deliver. Amen. Number three, Mary, she obeyed God. She obeyed God. I want you to look at Matthew chapter one this morning, Matthew chapter one. And so again, you'll find most of the Christmas story in Luke chapter two and Matthew one and two. These are really uh, the best spots to read this, but I want you to see Matthew chapter one and verse 19. And this gives us a little glimpse of maybe some of the difficulty that Mary faced because Again, oftentimes we read about these people in the Bible that did miraculous things. And we're like, wow, man, that was so cool. I know I would have done the same thing. Well, hey, hold on. You read about these people because they did something extremely difficult. And they kept the faith in the midst of an extremely difficult circumstance. But Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to look here at verse 19. And this tells us about Joseph. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged was a righteous man. He's a good guy and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As good a guy as Joseph was, apparently he wasn't super thrilled to hear that his fiance was pregnant. And he knew that it could not be his child, right? I mean, you know, to the adults here, you know where I'm going with that. So listen to me. He knew, like, wait. She shows up and says, I, I still want to get married, but I'm pregnant. And, you know, flat out, you know, this baby's not yours. And and he's such a good guy. He's still going to dump her. But he's not going to publicly disgrace her and blast it all over the Internet and, like, I'll tell you what that girl did to me. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, he wasn't like that. But Listen. Imagine what Mary was going through in this circumstance because back at this, this is not modern day America western civilization that this young girl was living in she could have lost her entire life she could have lost everything her family could have just been drugged through the mud over all of this this was set up to be potentially a very damaging and disgraceful situation for this young girl in that day and age to be pregnant before she's even married i mean i get it that that's we're just so used to that nowadays but this was not smiled upon (laughs) in this day and age. And Joseph was like, you know what, I don't hate you, but I can't marry you. Imagine how crushed she felt. God shows up and says, I've got a big promise for you. And then it seems like, wait, shouldn't everybody be excited? Shouldn't everybody be celebrating? But we know, thank God, that the angel ends up appearing to Joseph and explaining everything. He's saying, no, no, no. I know the story she's telling you sounds very far-fetched, but it's a real story. This really did happen. And so Mary obeyed God and stuck with everything that he promised through extremely difficult circumstances. Again, imagine being a 13, 14 year old girl and the emotions that are going with carrying this baby already. And then all of this going on. What a situation to be in. But I think and I remember that 33 years after this, her own son, her boy faced one of the most difficult, the most difficult situation any person has ever faced. And Jesus went through with it. Jesus obeyed the father and still went to the cross for us. I know he's the son of God. That's awesome. And that's the most important number one thing. But he also saw some pretty good examples from his mama too. That she stuck with it even when things were really, really hard. The fourth thing is this. Number four, Mary gave birth to god (laughs) she gave birth to god luke chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 now i'm not going to get into a theological expository teaching on the holy trinity this morning we very much believe in the trinity father son and holy spirit the godhead three in one Uh, but i want you to see here luke chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 And so she gave birth to God in the flesh, the son of God, but God himself. Luke chapter two, verses six and seven. I'm going to read it in the King James because it just sounds so much more eloquent. And so every now and then I got to hit that King James up. You know what I'm saying? All right. Luke chapter two, verse six, it says, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And here we have it. The most important person in the history of the world is born in a barn, laid in the cow's feeding trough, and wrapped in whatever strips of cloth that they had available. He wasn't put in a robe. He wasn't born, you know, in the plaza hotel. He wasn't born at a hospital. He was born in a barn because there was just no room for them in the inn. Now, in this story that we've heard so many times again, realize that she gave birth to God in the flesh. Colossians tells us that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is the He's the the God that people have seen. He's God. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Nobody's ever seen and looked directly into the face of God Almighty himself. You would die. You couldn't handle the glory. In fact, Moses said, God, just let me see you. And he's like, it would kill you if you saw me. But here's what I'll let you do. I will pass through, and you can see my back. And Moses saw God from behind that day. And the glory of the Lord was so bright on Moses that he shined like a million-watt LED light bulb for a long time out. Moses shone so brightly that people couldn't even look right at him. If you were to look directly into the face of God, it would kill you. But you've never seen God Almighty, but people have seen Jesus Christ he walked this earth for 33 years and in some very rare instances he's appeared to people even since then and people have seen him and again in very rare instances but Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God what an important thing that Mary had to do what a calling on her life and then number 5 is this we're just talking about some quick lessons from Mary today as we celebrate her incredible son. Number five, she helped change the world forever. She helped to change the world forever. And I'm going to read the most famous verse in all the Bible today. I'll bet everybody here knows this. I know you know it if you've, uh, if you've been in church very long at all, but check this out. We're going to read John 3 and verse 16. In the King James Bible, it says, For God so loved the world, let's say it together, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I love that. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave. The original Christmas present is Jesus himself. God loved you that much Amen. Yeah, let's hear it for Jesus. He gave his only son, his only begotten son. And I think of it this way. It's not like he had a whole line of sons to choose from. Like, well, if I got to give one of my kids to save the world, I don't like this one as much. Why don't you go down there? He didn't have that option. He gave his one and only son the most valuable thing that he had He gave away for a bunch of people where some would choose to receive and some would say he ain't even real. I don't even believe in him. That's just a made up thing. How how would you feel if you gave your very most prized possession, whatever that may be in your life? Maybe you gave your own child to save the world, knowing up front that there would be a whole group of people that would say that never happened. He's not even real. That didn't happen. I don't receive that. I don't believe that. I mean, if that was me, thank God I'm not God because I wouldn't give my kids up for anybody. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm just being serious. I wouldn't do it. And I love, I'd say, well, kill me, but not my kids. But thank goodness that God knew what he was doing and he gave his one and only son and we're celebrating Jesus Jesus didn't get pushed to the cross Jesus didn't get forced to do it in fact Jesus said no man is taking my life i'm laying my life down it's a, i'm giving this away no one can say they killed you know they killed Jesus no one can say that they stole my life Because I gave it to you. You can't rob me if I give it to you, right? And so that's what Jesus did. He gave his life for all of us. And maybe you're like, yeah, well, I didn't deserve it. Of course you don't. Neither do I. Nobody deserves Jesus. But the cool thing about a gift is a gift isn't earned. A paycheck, that's earned. A gift, you didn't earn that. Somebody just gave it to you because they loved you so much. And that's the great news about Jesus. And so if you're here and you're like, yeah, I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel like I'm as good as everybody else there. I don't feel like, no, 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 no. You you don't get it. None of us deserved Jesus. He came because he is so good. Not because we're so good. (laughs) Because we're not. Jesus is. And he voluntarily left the luxury and the glory and the splendor of heaven to come down here and become one of us, so he could save us, and get us to heaven with him someday. Isn't Jesus awesome, man? We love him. Let's hear it for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and ask us to stand up together today. I know that seems like an extremely brief sermon, and it was. You know, usually we go a little longer than that. But I just wanted to encourage you for a, a few minutes this morning, and I'll have uh, the worship team if they could come up for me. But here's the biggest thing. Before we close out and before you head on out to, you know, whatever it is you've got going on today, we want you to get there. And And we're a family church, and so we family is just huge on our list, and we want everybody to get as much family time as they can today for sure. But if you're here today, and all this sounds good, you know, this Jesus stuff and the Christmas stuff, listen, it is good, and it's awesome, and it's changed our lives. I love Jesus. He healed me of cancer. (laughs) He made it to where I could have children when I wasn't supposed to be able to. Jesus has done everything for me in this life. But... You'll never really know the true joy and the peace that we're talking about if you don't receive Jesus. And maybe uh, you've never received that gift, and that's exactly what it is. Or maybe there was a point in time when you had received Jesus, but you kind of walked away from him. Well, as I always say, we're not here to judge you for that today. We're just here to invite you back into the family. I'd like to lead you in a prayer today. And again, if you've just never really received Jesus, that's one thing. Or maybe you have, but you walked away. He didn't leave you, but maybe you left him. Let's get that fixed today. And what better day to do that, hon, than on Christmas morning. What a beautiful gift that would be in your life. Amen. So I want to lead us in a prayer today. And, uh, and if you pray that, uh, we want to, we want to celebrate with you and we want to, we want to set you up with what I call a spiritual personal trainer. That's, that's just someone here from church that would, uh, pray for you every single day over the next 30 days. They're going to text you a Bible verse and a devotion. If you have questions, you can ask them questions, but they'll be there for you. And that would be the best gift that I could ever give to you today. Amen. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? And I'd like for us to pray this prayer together this morning, say, father. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. I receive you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give him some praise today. All right. This is Jose over here in the nice flannel shirt. Amen. And uh, if you prayed that with us today and this was your moment to come back to Jesus. I need you to see Jose here in just a minute. He'll get your information and we've got some stuff we want to give you. And with your permission, we'd like to hook you up with a spiritual personal trainer that could help you get started on the right path. Amen. Well, if I could have my prayer team come up this morning, we're going to offer prayer to anybody that needs prayer today. If you need prayer for anything at all, for your health, for your marriage, for your family, for your job, whatever your need is, we'd like to pray with you today before we close out. And if you don't need prayer, well, we'll, we'll just worship God together for a minute this morning. Amen. Go ahead and lead us in some worship.
1: Too bad.
2: going to go ahead and close things down here today we did it I didn't think we'd be able to do a service and before 11 o'clock but somehow we did it so praise God we love everybody so much and we want you to have a wonderful Merry Christmas today and whatever else you've got going on the rest of the week love your families hug them and and may this be a time of forgiveness I know sometimes that you know we it's a time that the devil tries to bring up past wrongs, past mistakes, past hurts, but we're praying in Jesus' name that it is a time of love and peace and healing in every household here. Amen. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and pray. We will speak our Barstow Faith Confession, and then we will get you out the doors and on your way. Hallelujah. And if you want to take a quick picture over there, you can, uh, but we're not going to stick around till noon today. We're going to be getting on out of here, okay? (laughs) We love you guys. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for everything that we've seen in your word today, Jesus. You are so good, and we love you. We celebrate you, and we thank you for your gift of eternal life. You are so good to us. I pray that the rest of this day and the rest of this season would be nothing but love, joy, and peace for every household here, every individual here, Lord. Draw us closer to you. Draw us closer together. We love you, and we absolutely praise you, and as we head into the new year, we thank you. It'll be the the best year we've ever had yet. Lord, we praise you and we love you in Jesus name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's say our Barstow faith confession, and then you are dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Merry Christmas, everybody.